Welcome to another episode of my Best 11 podcast. Today we are very, very lucky to have joining us um, an ex uh, Luton, Luton Town, Luton boy as well, um, born in Luton. Um, I remember he was famously won the uh, ketchup, um, yeah. ketchup Cup um, while he's at Cardinal Newman. So, and then obviously went on to grand things, um, playing for in the Premier League for a number of times for Wolves, um, amongst other clubs, and of course representing his country very, very proudly. Today we are joined by Kevin Foley. Welcome, Kevin. How are you? I'm very good, Andrew. Um, thanks for having me. What an introduction. Um, by the way, people presume, people always think I'm born in Luton, but I was actually born in London. But everyone gets that wrong. Oh. It's, on, it's, on all, it's on my Wikipedia, it's on everything. And um, I count myself as a Luton lad. You know, I moved, moved there from London when I was about five or six. Um, but I was actually born in London, but on everything, every every team I joined, it's always yet yeah, Caffoli, born in born in Luton, which you know interesting. Whereabouts in London, Kev? Whereabouts? Uh, oh, you'd have to ask my mum. The, the centre somewhere. <laughs> you, listen, so you come oh. in now with that to knock Andrew back after he's done his research and you can't even come up with a place where you're born. What no, the... it was the Middlesex Hospital, Marv. Uh, right in the centre right. of London, I'm told, and uh, and um, but it's not Andrew's fault because it's on everything. You look on everything. I was born in Luton, and um, I lived in Stepney, Bethnal Green, till I was about five, and then moved okay. to Luton with my mum and my brother. And um, Great. but yeah, and that that Heinz Ketchup Cup thing we played at Highbury when we were like 13, and that's one of so our biggest achievements, Marv. With my, well, listen, I know listen, I know some great players have come out, you being one of them from that school, Cardinal Newman. There's a bit it was a big school for producing players, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was. It was um it was a really big school. Um I think um in fact I don't know, Mal Donahue, I'm sure his son went there. Um yeah, Mal Donahue still lived there, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Kevin Blackwell went there. I think David Pleat's house was like literally around the corner from the school. I was gonna um, say that it's down the bottom of the road by the sweet shop. It was. That's right. That is exactly right. And then um, you got Gary Doherty, obviously. Yeah. Liam George, Keith Keane. Yeah. Um, you know. Good few. It, it was, good few it, players. Uh, yeah. It was a good. It was a hotbed of like footballers and coming out of there. It was. It was a great school. I loved it. Awesome. Awesome. And of course we have Marv. Hello, Marv. You already started speaking. Uh, but yes. I'll, yes. I'll introduce uh, Marv as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, Andrew. Is um, the first one really with me, like talking to another player from Luton but on the other side because I, I mean I wasn't quite totally involved in the whole producing of Kev but like I was a little bit part towards the back end of John Moore's like reign so yeah this is going to be a really interesting one. Excellent excellent so what we'll do is um, we'll get going and we'll start off with our formation Kev. Um, you can pick your formation um, and obviously as we go through you can explain why yeah. you chose that. Well you know I did think about I listened to a few podcasts recently and obviously Graham Alexander, he was talking about, I think he, did he go with a 4-1-4-1 stroke 4-4-2 from what I remember anyway? Yes, I think he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, Upson, Matthew Upson, did he do it? I heard a little bit of it. Anyway, in, in my head, I was thinking about, right, where did, where did, what formation was I in when I played my best football? And um, it was, it was the old school 4-4-2, you know, as, as when you grow up, you you know, nine, ten years old. It was the, it was probably the only formation about at the time. It was standard four four two, and you know when I got in the team, uh, Mike Norwood's manager it was straight up four four two. When I went and played for Wolves and played my best football, it was a straight up four four two. Everyone knew their role, so I just thought I'd, I'd probably stick with that rather than get too creative. And um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd be able to fit 
the, the players that I wanted to fit in there uh, quite nicely. So, yeah, I've, I've gone for a 4-4-2 formation, a bit old school, but, you know, it done the trick. It's reliable. It's reliable. It'll, it'll, it'll come around again. And I mean, if it's not already, I mean, everyone yeah. start using that again. I mean, exactly. exactly Marv. You know, these uh, I heard on a few podcasts you've done, they, these things tend to sort of come around in, in a full circle, don't they? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the formation I'm going with. Excellent. So we'll jump straight in. Goalkeeper. Well, the goalie, um, the, the first person that sprung to mind when I, when I, when I first got into um, the Luton team, I was obviously a young lad back then, but um, the first one that sprung to mind, now he didn't make the team, but the first one that I thought about was Marlon, Marlon Beresford. He was unbelievable. He was, um, and he seemed like he was about 50 years old at the time, <laughs> me being young. <laughs> but he was so agile. Um, he was a great shot stopper. Put, used to pull off these unbelievable saves. And I used to think, like, wow, what, what a goalie. So, obviously, that was, that was a great team to be part of. And, and he was a big reason for that. Um, so, there was a special mention for him, obviously, connected to my Luton days. But the, go- the goalie that I've gone with, um, played, played many games um, in the Premier League. Um, probably, never probably regarded as, as the best goalie of his era. It was probably second or third, you know, on people's in people's list in the Premier League at the time. Um, it was always that guy and um, he played for Newcastle, played for Man City, played Blackburn. for Aston Villa. Um, Did you play for Blackburn? Blackburn. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know who it is because Andrew seems to might, might know who it is. is. Was he an international? He was an yeah. international, Marv. That's, yeah, how that's how Kev worked with him, I think. Yeah. He, he wasn't from Wolves, Marv. He wasn't from Wolves. International player. Not the tallest. No, yeah, yeah. As soon as you said not the tallest, I think I know. Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. So, so it's Shay Given. Yeah. Shay Given. Um, unbelievable. Like, unbelievable technique um, in training. You know, when I, when I first got into the squad, there was a few players um, in the squad that I was a bit, like, in awe of because I was come from Luton at the time and he was one of them. And I thought, what, what a player he was. And up close in training, I remember he used to... Um, he used to do like literally just a session, him and Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane would get like 50 footballs and be shooting at him. Um, the ball gets zinged out to Robbie Keane, edge of the box, two touch, one touch control, one touch finish. And um, some, some days, Robbie Keane, a great finisher that he was, he just couldn't score past Shea. He was so good. Um, really good, like <clears throat> distribution as well. Fantastic. Great talker. You know, I was young at the time. There was a few, few of us young going in and, you know, anything you do, you do a little block, a little tackle, you know, he, he would he would co- commend you for it and right. give you confidence. So he was a really experienced player at the time, but someone that helped me settle into the squad when I first got into it. He doesn't, he doesn't come across as, because like you said, he wasn't that big. And although most goalkeepers do have to talk and be quite vocal, he wouldn't give me the impression, maybe you could maybe like answer this, as of being a, Belter of a strong voice, like like whoa, like like a deep voice. It just seems like a. It reminds me of a of a of a, a, a guy in a boy band, like a boy band. <laughs> oh no! Nah, yeah, to be fair, he was he was he was he was like strong, and he he was a real winner. Like whether it was a five side, it was it was the proper match. He, he didn't want to concede goals, you know. And right, you know, you the players were a part of him. So if they've done well, he he would buzz off that. Um, and he was just real, real good shot stopper, real, real good 
Um, another another guy actually that that was great um, in my time was Dean Kiley. He came to Luton on loan for a stint, and I, I played with him um, internationally as well. He was fantastic. He was fantastic. He, he another one. He was quite experienced at the time. Um, real great guy. Funny as well. Um, real good guy to get on with. Um, and then there was another goalie, my last one that I'll mention, Wayne Hennessy, plays for Wales now. He's he's had a great career. When I joined Wolves, he was he was only maybe about 18 or 19 at the time, but he, he was immense. And you could tell there from such a young age that he's gonna go on and and have a fantastic career. Which, well he's still sat on the bench for Palace, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, he's sat on the bench and he he must he must be coming up close to hundred caps for uh, Wales now. He's played that many games. He's um He's a great lad, he is. Oh, excellent. Oh, great. Excellent. So, right back. Now, you can pick yourself. No one's done yeah. it yet, but you can pick no. yourself. No, no way. No way, Mark. Um, <laughs> right back. I'll tell you what. Um, I had quite a good few options here, um, especially when I think about internationally as well. Um, I was I was quite sport for choice. And, you know, there's one guy at the moment who's, who's doing really well in the Premier League. He's just got to move to to Spurs um, from Wolves for 15 million quid, um, Irish international. Now he, Matt Doherty, he's not in my team, but he's one that sort of joined Wolves um, towards the middle of my time there. Um, and you wouldn't have looked at him at the time and thought he's going to go on, he's going to score goals in the Premier League, he's going to make assists, he's going to get a move to Spurs. But he has got his head down, he's worked really hard um, and all of a sudden now he's top of the league with Spurs and and he's flying, Matt Doherty. So big mention for him, someone that I pro- probably would have looked at and thought hey, he's not not really going to play at the highest level, but he has. And so, was he, what, is it, so is he naturally a fullback, is he? Not a centre-back? Uh, you know what, Marv? When he played wing-back for Wol- at Wolves, that was the perfect position for him because he could get forward, didn't really have as much as a respon- uh, defensive responsibility. Now he's now he's got it at Spurs. He's playing out and out right back, but he seems to still be doing the business. Right. Um, so fair play to him. He's he's doing really well. Um, but the, the the guy that probably pips him, um, another international player, um, actually played started his career at Sligo Rovers in Ireland. Um, my ex teammate Matthew Judge, who played for Luton, um, we were the same age. I remember when he left Luton, he went and played for Sligo. I don't know how he got over there. He ended up playing for Sligo. And Judgey, he, he was saying to me at the time, there's this kid. He's unbelievable. You Wait till you see him. Some big big team's going to snap him up. And I was like, all right, all right. And then, you know, before you knew it, about six months later, Everton come in and, and snap this kid up. And he's still there now. Gone on to play hundreds and hundreds of Premier League games. Countless assists. A good few goals to mention as well. Yeah, um, I, I can't think of his name. I know who you're. He's a, he's a Seamus, captain as well, is he? Seamus Coleman. Coleman. Seamus oh. Coleman, yeah. 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 Seamus Coleman. Um, what a player. I mean, he's got a great attitude, great work ethic. You know, I was in a few island squads with him as well. Um, and he's hungered to do well. I, th- I don't think, you know, it's not like he came and signed for Everton when he was 18, 17. You know, he was, he was quite a bit older than that. But, you know, he, he'd grafted and he just had this great attacking mentality. And I think he had a, he when it, while he was at Everton, he had a loan spell at um, Blackpool with Ian Holloway. And obviously Ian Holloway is like gung-ho, attacking, all out attacking. 
And that Seamus Coleman had a great season. I think he was in the team when they got promoted um, through the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, he, he was a fantastic player. And obviously at the moment now he's, he's captain at uh, Everton, real great lad. Um, and just, I mean, if he's still playing when Ancelotti's there, it says everything. <laughs> exactly. And I know, and I, I, he got injured recently and he was out of the team, but then as soon as he's fit, he's, he's back in there. Um, what a manager Ancelotti is, by the way, as well. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I, love him. I was just going to say um, about Seamus Gold, a good lad, you know what I mean? Being an Irish lad, I mean, some of them, I mean, obviously in your time, um, we've come across a few of them and they're really funny and witty. I mean, was he no was he no different? Was very similar, was having the crack, as they call it? Um, yeah, I mean, he was young, so he was probably came in to the squad um, and quite quiet, but, you know, quietly confident. You know, you look at him and he'd be like, whoever's playing right back now, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take their, <laughs> I'm going to take their position off them. Um, remember, obviously, going away of Ireland, we used to have great times. You know, we 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 meet up as the squad train. We'd have nights out and that. Um, Seamus would probably be one, if not the only one, that obviously wouldn't go out and drink. You know, I don't, I don't think he's that type of character. You know, um, very serious work ethic, but you know, he 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 backs it up. You know, it's not you know. So um, he's not your typical Irishman that likes a Guinness no. or a or a beer. <laughs> You know, but a fantastic lad and a fantastic player, and he's you know deservedly having a great career. And um, you just touched on obviously then, but both Shay Given and um, Seamus Coleman um, at international level. So obviously for yourself, you you played was it eight times? You yeah, eight, eight times. Time? Yeah, yeah, eight times. Eight time. So what what was it like when you first found out that you got the call or like you was going to be in the, the the full squad? Was was can you remember that time? The, the day yeah, or what? Like, yeah, we'd we'd been away for the with the under twenty ones. Um, we'd had a game, uh, a qualifier. It was at the end of a season, and I think Steve Staunton had just taken over actually with the Irish team, and he called up um, Don Givens, who was the under twenty ones manager, and he said, "Look, I need you know this space for two, a couple of lads that whoever you think's done well." We'll get them on a trip and the first team trip to, to Portugal for a pre-season camp and stuff. And um, John Givens um, put me and, and, and another lad called Jay Tab forward. He played for Brentford. He had a good career. Forward, for, yeah. Yeah, forward. Lad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we both went and um, again, Marv, it was a bit surreal, you know, I'm coming from a League One team. You're going in and it's like these Premier League superstars that you see on Match of the Day and you're like, oh, this is, this is weird. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, exciting to be there. You know, I'm, 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 I was a pretty shy kid. Didn't really say much, just got my head down and, and, and done my best. And But again, all the lads that were there, big name players at the time, welcome, welcomed me in. Likes of Steve Finnan, um, Gary Breen was there at the time, um, Lee Carsley, all these players. And you just think, oh, this is great. It's, it was just great to be, you know, training with these, these players and seeing them up close. Did you play then? Did you play in any game? In, 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 well, I didn't. I didn't, Marv. You know, I was in the squad for probably maybe two years before I actually made my debut. Almost two years. So I, I'd go and, um, you know, and then I think Steve Staunton got, got sacked or got let go and Trapattoni took over and then he was getting me in the squads and what a guy he was like, Giovanni Trapattoni. What a background he had. Juventus, all these Italian teams, a national team. And um, again, it was great to work with these 
types of people. Marco Tardelli, the he was the assistant. He scored in the World Cup, and yeah, there's a famous picture of him when he celebrates. He's and, running uh, away. He's... Yeah, running away, emotions high and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a couple of years before I made my debut. Um, obviously, I was doing well with Wolves at the time, and we just got promoted to the Premier League. And I made my debut at Craven Cottage. We played Nigeria actually in a friendly, and that was a that was a real proud moment for me. Um, obviously, not being up the road, down the road from Luton as well, you know, so lots of family and friends got to see that up close. And um, yes, yeah, something I'll never forget. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, just down the road from where you're born. Must be nice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Andrew. It'll still stay forever that I was born in Luton. <laughs> I don't mind. That's great. Awesome. Right. Moving on to left back. Left back. Yeah. So left back. It was a tough one, really. Um, again, I, I would say there's there's two clubs. Obviously, I've spent most of my career at. It was Luton at the start of my career, and Wolves um, before sort of you know as they say fading out, injuries, etc. So they were they were they would be probably the clubs that I was looking most at. Um, if I I'll just have a look now, I just wrote down a piece of paper. So I, I played towards the end of my career. Actually, Paul Konchesky, really good lad. It was he was probably late thirties. Ricky, we, we had a mad one season down there. I've got a lot of stories about that, Marv. And, and <laughs> I tell you, um, you know, Craig, I could do a whole nother podcast on Ricky, by the way. Um, so what do you, what do you mean by great. that? They, what do you mean they were a crazy team? Because I know they, they kind of they kind of pick up a lot of kind of yeah, I mean, just it was random. The owner, yeah, it, it was the owner that was crazy, Glenn Tamplin. He was, um, he got me. I was there. Jamie O'Hara was the link to get me there. I was sort of out of yeah. contract after Coventry, and I was honestly, I was, I was thinking because towards the end of my, I only went, I went to Charlton for six months and got by. It was a struggle though, injury wise. And then January went to Coventry, and it was a real tough time. You know, I was just trying to, you know, what it's like, Marv. You try and get through training as best you can without even being exposed. You play games, and then at the end of that season, I thought. I don't think I can do any more of this. And then in the summer, um, Jamie O'Hara called me and he, he said, look, putting a team together, you train once a week, twice maybe. And I thought, oh, that sounds, the pub five times a week. <laughs> <laughs> sounds not too bad. So um, I took him up on it and J- Jermaine Pennant signed, Paul Konchesky signed. I actually had a really good squad and we actually won the triple or the quadruple, whatever it was that year. Um, so it was a successful year, but probably... It aged me about five years with the, the owner because he was he was a head case. He was an absolute head case. Um, In what just, way? Give us give us give us some. Just give us one of his uh, typical one of his typical like off the chart things he had done. So, so he come in. He, he arranged a meeting one day. He was like, "Right, lads." He said, um, "The HMRC, they're on to me." Tax. tax. He said, we're, "We're gonna have a meeting, right?" So everyone, don't bring your phones. Leave your phones up. Leave your phones in the car. We're gonna have a meeting. You know, they, they can listen through the speakers and all this rubbish. So we're like, all right, whatever. So we, we're having this meeting. He's talking about, like, players getting getting paid, blah, 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 all this. All of a sudden, there's a phone starts ringing, and it was his phone. So we're like, you've just told us to leave your phones, and you've, you, you've brought your phone into this meeting. Anyway, it wasn't like anything dodgy was going on, but it was just crazy. He would, he would call players up in the middle of the night. Um, <sighs> You know, there was one game, first game of the season, um, we played Kingstonian, played Kingstonian at home. He'd done this mad speech. Now, he's a great guy, like, he's 
he's, he, he's got heart of gold, but he'd done this mad speech and he was like, look, big speech. This is, this is the biggest games of our lives here. And I, I'm looking around the changing room and I'm seeing like Paul Conchessi's played in the Europa League final. Jermaine Penn has played in the Champions League final. You know, they've played for England and I'm thinking, I don't think this is the biggest game of their careers here, Kingstonian at home. All due respect to them. But it was just crazy and it was... Um, it so was, he was picking a team, was he? Was he picking the team? No, uh, I wouldn't say he was picking the team. We had a coach there, but he was very much involved. Very much involved. Um, yeah. So, it was just so um, you've mentioned Paul Congestion. Um, it's not him. <laughs> no, it's not him. Um, I played with another guy, Mickey Gray. Obviously, left back, played for Blackburn. He was a good Sounds player. Good. Towards the end of his time at Wolves, um, end of his career, he played there. He was a great guy. Funny character. Um Little bit big time, you know. Typical, <laughs> you know. I think you're doing a lot now, BT Sports and stuff like that. So, uh, but the the guy that I'm going to go for, um, he's actually had a real, real solid career. Um, he's he he started off in in the League of Ireland, um, signed for Wolves. He played for Burnley in the Premier League. He's played for Brighton. He's still playing now for a team in League One. Um, he was originally a striker as well. You know, when he when he when he was like 18, 19, I, I played in the under 21s, Ireland under 21s with him. He was a striker. Um when I signed for Wolves, he'd sort of striker stroke left left winger. Um and then the season we got promoted with Wolves in the championship, he ended up sort of by default playing as a left back for a couple of games and stayed there for the whole season. No, it is. No. Uh, blank. No, he's uh it's Stephen Ward. Stephen Ward. Okay. Stephen I didn't Ward. know he started a striker. Yeah, he started as a striker at um, Bohemians, I believe, in, in the League of Ireland. And like Wardy, like he's playing at Ipswich now um, in League One, and he, he, he's he's that one guy in training mob where you don't you you want him on your team. You don't you, you look across and like we used to do these some of some of these training games, and it was like you got to stay with your man. You know that one where yeah. you pick a person, and now if it was Wardy, you just like you know he's a machine. He's just going to run all day. And he's just going to grind you down. And he was that guy. And um, he, he was a fantastic character. Great to have on a team. And uh, I, I'm not surprised to see him go on and still be playing. He must be about 34 now. Um, he, he had a good, solid amount of years in the Premier League with Sean, uh, Sean Dyche uh, at Burnley. Played, played a hell of a lot of games for them. Um, Brighton as well. So you know, he was Excellent. just a great character. Awesome. So moving on to centre-backs. <clears throat> Centre-backs. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> centre-backs. Marv, what, you were sort of centre-back stroke, left-back, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Right-back stroke anywhere along the back. <laughs> anywhere along the back. Anywhere Striker. along the back. Striker. Player. Striker. Stri- we, we, some, some, sometimes you're yeah, going a little marauding runs and trying to <laughs> sneak up and be a striker, but every now and then you'll hear a booming voice from John Moore or whatever. Gee, get back ye! Yeah. <laughs> that was a voice you listened to as well, John Moore. Yes. What a guy he was. I mean, he was great. Um, was he? Was he? The, was he the first team coach or manager when you were there? Because I know he was. Manager well, he was. Life. He was reserve team coach when I first joined. There was a um, a man called David Coates was a youth team coach when I first came in. Yeah. And he just got, like um, dropped down to the youth team from them helping the first team. Yeah. And John was in reserves, yeah. But like, like you said, John's been there for yeah. eight. I think John was there when it was founded, the club. 
he was. He was part of the stadium. And um, I, the thing about John is like when when I first got in, done my scholarship, got in at 16 years of old uh, age. John was that guy that you wanted to impress. I don't know how you saw it, Marv, but he was like he was disciplinarian, but and he rarely would would um, you know congratulate you on anything. So any small little thing you got, it was like brilliant. Like if John if John thinks I'm doing all right, then I must be doing quite good. Yeah, um, I used to I used to I, I used to love the way he was with people and getting the best out of people and you know countless hours over in the volleys gym. Yeah, the away stand. Um, that was great. Head tennis, and he, and, he, and he and he was decent at it as well, wasn't he? Remember the old the old foot used to come up across the oh, net, and, and he the was old, so competitive. The old foot, honestly, because you'd have this thing, right? Is your foot over the net? Is it not? He's yeah. coming up, fifteen-year-old kids, and giving them the six studs. Bang! Have that. <laughs> you a stare, and you'd be like, "Oh, this ain't an old man. This is this guy's." He had his Puma Kings on. Smash! Have yeah. that. <laughs> Pissing corner and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Great fun over there. And I, I still speak to a lot of the lads now about it, Marv. Like in the volleys, Jim Andrew, we, we uh, have you seen it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it yeah, years ago. Yeah. And we used to go in there like in the morning, you'd get your jobs done, you'd clean the pros boots. You, and before you go, go training, you try and get to the volleys gym for 20 minutes, half an hour, quick head tennis, whatever. Then you'd come back, go training, put the nets up, get the nets down, do your jobs, have lunch, quick, get into the volleys gym for another bit of head tennis for half an hour before the afternoon session. Afternoon session finishes, or you might have had the afternoon session in the volleys gym. Yeah. And then you start playing head tennis again. And before you know it, the caretaker's coming around trying to shut the lights off. And But I think like I, I learned so much and improved my technique in, in the volleys gym because the ball would come off the alcove, it would come off the light switch, it come yeah. off the, the hook sticking out of the wall. Yeah, just that's right. Adjust. You just have to adjust. And I absolutely loved it in there. Absolutely loved I think it. Everyone did. Everyone did. I mean, I mean, I think all the all the players, like, I mean, even myself, we, that's where we were, like slightly how Kev's just said that, Andrew, like before your jobs, in there. After after the finished practice or after you finish your lunch, in there. Everyone and this would be a queue, isn't there? These people used to queue and say, I'm on, I'm on next, I'm on next. This would be <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely. And um, it took no prisoners, did it? No, no. You get found out in there. We're, just Definitely. quickly on that as well, We there was one, you remember down Vauxhall, they were doing, they've got these new cages, the, the pro yeah. zone, whatever it's called, the football cages. Well, we used to train down there every now and again. They had some AstroTurf left over. And obviously we had the old, in, in the volley gym, it was the old sand-based um, flat, bald as anything. Yeah. You've played on it, Marv, you know what it's like. Yeah. So, so John Moore was like, well, we've got all this stuff. So he said, the afternoon session, come with me, lads. We were like, what are we doing? We marched us all over to the volleys gym without footballs, without equipment. And he started cutting up this AstroTurf. He was like, right, lads, this is the session. Roll this out and take that over to the skip down by where the clock was. You remember, you know where the clock still yeah. is um, yeah. down the end by the boxes. Got, and this, this, I'm telling you, they were like moving dead bodies out. You'd roll these bits of AstroTurf and it was so heavy. We were there for hours, hours and hours. But then we got this new AstroTurf laid and it was like, it was like Christmas again. New AstroTurf <laughs> in the bloody, in the uh, volleys gym. It was great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, oh, I'm losing. Center halves, center halves. We're in the center halves now, Kev. Yes, go on. Sorry. No, this center is good. Right. It's what one people want to hear, I think. Yeah, it's always, it's good. It's, it's good, good information. That's what they want to hear. You're right, yeah. Andrew. Center halves. Um, 
go straight to it. Um, this player, um, I played with him at Wolves. Um, he, he originally started off at Cambridge United. I think he had about 140, 150 matches there. Um, he's about 10 years older than me, so he'd be about 45, 46 now. Um, he had a good stint at Sunderland with Mick McCarthy when he was a manager. And then he had another good stint. Oh, with Mick McCarthy. He was the manager at Wolves. Um, he's I've about six, six foot one. One of the best, one of the best players in the air I've ever played with. Really? For his life. So dominant. You'd look at him and you think, he looks pretty strong. He looks, he doesn't look overpowering. He doesn't look, you know, like he could leap or, but he was so strong. It had to You got it, Andrew? Is it, is it, is it Paul? Paul no. Butler? No, oh. I know, no, I never played with him. I'm not um, sure if he's at Cambridge. Right. I was to no. say Kenny, Kenny Cunningham, but I don't think it is. No, I didn't play with him either. I don't know if you surely Cambridge. heard him. Jody Craddock. Jody Craddock. Yes, oh, yes. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Jody Craddock. Yes. Um, he was one of them players where, and I love playing next to him as a right back because he would get the ball and he, you know he's just going to give it to you. He's not, he's not going to look up for that special ball or that clip ball or trying to find the number 10 or whatever. If he sees you, he's going to fire it into you. Um, and that, that's what I loved about him. It was just, you, you knew what he was going to do. He was dominant in the air. He was, a, he was, he wasn't loud. He wasn't, he was just a quiet, a real quiet leader. Um, and it's funny because when I first got to, to Wolves, he was just being sent out on loan to, to Stoke. And I, I thought, okay, that's, I, I, I've heard he's a good player, but he's going on loan to Stoke. I think he was about 31, 32 at the time. Um, and then he was recalled after a month or two. Um, by Mick McCarthy and then he played for the next three, four years, a couple of years in the championship and a couple of years in the Premier League um, at the age of 34, 35 and he was great. I mean, the Wolves fans, they had a song about him. There's only one Jody Craddock. He used to be, but now he's all right walking in a Craddock one. You know the world it goes. And it's a famous song with the Wolves fans because he was sent away because apparently he wasn't good enough and two months later he come back and he was a machine. So, whatever, whatever machine Stoke have got, pardon? Whatever machine Stoke have got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he's 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 my first centre half, and then my other centre half again, sport for choice. I played with other players. Um, special mention: Chris Coyne at Luton. He was um, he was great for me because I played next to him. He was a right-sided centre half, and. Coyne would tell you he wasn't the quickest. Um, so he always wanted to be covering him, um, which I didn't mind, which was great. But, you know, he was so dominant in the air. And he, one of the first things I always saw in like professional football, he was like, when he goes up for a header, I've got to get round him. And there was a couple of times early on when I got in the, and I didn't get round him. He won the header, but he'd, he'd have a go at me and he would hammer me. If I lose that header and the winger gets in, it's your fault and you make me look bad. So I learned, I learned a lot, lot off Coyne. Great te- technician, left foot, right foot. Um, I- I'm sure if he had a little bit more pace to his game, he would he would have played, you know, at, a, at the highest level because he, you know, he come through the West Ham youth system with the likes yeah. of Rio Ferdinand and, and guys like that. So he was great. Another really good centre back that I played with, obviously Curtis. Grew up with him, Curtis Davis. Fantastic! What a career he's gone on to have. Unbelievable, you know. And and to think that when he was, um, you know, he. he he had nowhere to go when he left school. He, he, I think he wrote to every league club yep, and I think right. only two responded. And I think one of them was obviously John Moore, Luton, come in, had a trial and had the game of his life at Warsaw away. We were like 16 years old and he's dominant in the air. He was 
he was chopping people inside out. And then I think he put one in to the stanchion with his left foot and then literally signed him on the Monday. And, and the rest is history. And, you know, it just tells you everything you need to know about him. And, 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 and one more guy that I played with at Luton, fantastic, Marcus Heikinen. Yeah. What, a, what a player he was. Like, played centre midfield, played centre back, so calm on the ball. He's an international as well, wasn't he? As well, at the time. Played, played, played loads of games for Finland. Yeah. Played um, loads of games for Rapid Vienna when he left Luton. Europa League, Champions League. What a guy. Like, real, most calmest guy on the football pitch. Didn't look like a footballer. Looked a bit no, like he didn't, a farmer. He looked like a farmer. You know, he used to read books. He wasn't a typical footballer on a coach. Read books, psychology, glasses on. Um, but great guy, great footballer. Um, but the, the the one that I'm going to stick in there, um, this guy's played uh, for Everton. He's played for Man City. Um, most notably, he's played a bit for Aston Villa. Obviously, played for Republic of Ireland. Real, real dominant centre-half. When he gets going, when he gets running, he's like a steam train, and he's so fast. You, to look at him, you wouldn't think, you know, but really good on the ball as well. I don't know. I'm gone. I mean, I'm useless today. Andrew? Republic of Ireland. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, I got it. Um, Dunn. Yeah, yeah. Richard Dunn. Richard I Dunn. totally forgot he went to Manchester. Richard Dunn. Yeah. Richard yeah, Dunn. Yeah, I did. It just came to me. It came, I was thinking, oh, and then Man City, Everton, it came to me, yeah. yeah. Richard Dunn, fantastic. What a player. There was, there's one game that sticks out in my mind. I was on the bench. We played Russia away. And I'm sure it'd be on YouTube or something. Just the clips, like, he ends up, like, smashing. He, we sit, he single-handedly won, won the game. I think we did we draw. I can't remember. We needed a point anyway, at least. And he single-handedly um, got us through that game. He smashed people. Um, he ends up headbutting, like, the athletics track around the outside. Sm- Tackles, smashes it, gets up, blood everywhere, plays on. It was just one of them games. You know the Terry Butcher one? Yeah, yeah. It was, that was Ireland's version of Terry Butcher. Richard <laughs> done that day. Incredible. Um, really good on the ball. Not the loudest. You look at him, you think he's a real loud guy. Real, real like, a quiet leader, lead by example. Um, never trained. When we used to go on international duty, never trained. He would just, like, sit on the sideline you know, just watching it. And then he'd train on the Friday and then he'd be the best player on the Saturday. You know, it's like, no, I don't train, not today. And it was like a Paul McGrath situation, I think. It was, okay. it was ridiculous. And um, he could drink as well. So I heard that. I've heard they could drink, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why he didn't train because <laughs> you'd come out, right? And obviously a lot of us, we used to go out a lot with them, but like, he was like to the extreme and, You'd come out and you'd you'd look over on 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 the bench on the side of the training pitch and you just see Dunny's eyes just glazed over, hat on, <laughs> right? Yeah, it'll be all right on Saturday though. <laughs> you know, Couple of barrocas, he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But no, what a, what a fantastic player. Awesome, awesome. What we'll do is we'll pause it there and then we'll um, for a break and to hear from our sponsors and then when we come back uh, for part two, we'll hear about the rest of Kevin Foley's team. Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at mybestlivingpod or mybestlivingpod at gmail.com. Thank you.
Great, so we're back. Part two of Kevin Foley's My Best Eleven. So far, we've got in goal uh, Shay Given, right back Seamus Coleman, left back Stephen Ward, and centre backs we have Jody Craddock and Richard Dunn. So we'll go to midfield. Uh, Kevin's gone for a four-four-two, and we'll start off on either wing, whichever one you prefer, Kev. Oh, let's uh, let's start off on the right wing. Um, the right wing, obviously, yeah, right wing, um, left winger. So it's hard, really, because I look at a lot of the wingers that I chose and they, they could play either side, you know, like the modern day, you know, left-footed playing on the right, coming inside, causing different problems. Um, but th- this guy that I chose, with, chose, chose um, he was probably in the team when I had my best stint as a player. So from about 2007, eight to about 2009, 10, um, I had a really good relationship with this player, um, he was like an old school, old school winger, you know, wanted to get a couple of yards, put balls in the box. Um, fantastic right foot. He came from, he signed for Wolves from Gray's, Gray's Athletic for £25,000. Um, before that, I think he'd been released um, by Southend. So, you know, he, 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 don't, he don't had to go the long way around, really. Um, but he went on to have a good career, he played played for Wolves, obviously. He then signed for Stoke City um, in the Premier League, went on and signed for Burnley as well, played for them in the Premier League, and then actually finished up playing for, for Southend, um, funnily enough, before retiring. I haven't got, I haven't got yeah. it. No. Um, Andrew? Andrew? No. Andrew, no. no. no, no. My, my, Michael Kitely. Michael Kitely. He was... Um, was he a again, Cardiff for a while, or is that somebody else? No, that's, that's, I think that's someone else. I remember him now that you said his name. Yeah, I know who you I mean. Know, yeah, I, yeah. I know who you mean. I just couldn't. Yeah. Twenty-five grand. That's all he costs from Grays. Honestly, honestly, look, the thing is, um, Marv, with that team, when I joined, when I joined Wolves from Luton, we had the likes of Matt Jarvis, you know, who went on and played yeah. for England. West Ham, Norwich. They signed him for a few hundred grand. They signed me, Michael Kitely, Stephen Ward from the League of Ireland for next to nothing. Um, Andy Keogh next to nothing um, they signed so many players like in the bracket of young and hungry that's what they went for and right. the thing is with that squad that year when we got promoted um, the only player that had played in the Premier League was Jody Craddock with Sunderland before other than that the other 10 players that were regulars from the goalie right to the strikers were all like itching it's not like we were towards the end of our careers we were all like trying to yeah. get to that Premier League and me and Kites were the same and we used to have a great understanding. Obviously, I used to like to overlap when I was young and to get it to him, he used to drive on the inside, give it to me, cross it in or, you know, a lot, lot of the times I'd be that, you know, Marv, you'd be that decoy. You'd be the decoy run and you'd think, right, after four or five decoy runs, surely he's going to start giving it to me. <laughs> and there was this one game at Cardiff where I'm like, I'm, I'm overlapping him. And I'm in, I'm in every time, but he's gone in, he's had a couple of shots and coming at half time, and Mick's shouting at me. He's going, any chance you're getting the ball out there? And I was like, I'm, I've overlapped him like 12 times and he's given it to me once. Have a go at him. So then Mick starts hammering Kites and then the second half, Kites gave it to me every time. <laughs> so, um, no, he was a great player because we were both the same, similar age. Wanted the same thing. We both wanted to play in the Premier League. We're desperate to do that. And um, that was the theme throughout the whole team, really. And um, a fantastic player. And actually, 
when we did get to the Premier League, he had some bad knee injuries and, and he only he only played a handful of games for Wolves, but such was his quality. When he got back fit towards the end of the season when we actually got relegated, um, he was he was on a free and Pulis, Tony Pulis at Stoke, obviously he was he was a four four two man, loved his wingers to get the ball in the box. Kites was that guy and he went there and had, had a really good stint there as well as going to Burnley afterwards. No, oh, awesome. What's Mick, what's Mick McCarthy like? Obviously, he was probably, yeah. probably one of the people who brought a lot of the people in, you mentioned. Um, Mick McCarthy was great. I mean, I had my best time under him. He was very, you see, what you see is what you get. Um, it was, nothing was complicated. It was a 4-4-2. I'm fullback. I'm taking, off the, taking care of my winger. Um, and if you didn't play well, you just didn't play. And that, that went for training as well. So the training sessions were ridiculous intensity because if you take your foot off the gas in training, he'd maybe give you one day. If you do it again on the second day, he'd pull you in, be like, what, what are you doing? What, you know, I'm, I'm looking at picking the team. I don't care if you've played well in the last game, if you're not doing it in training. And we were, we were on our toes all the time. And he, he was a great, great manager to, to, um, to work, work with. And he improved me as a, as a defender as well. Obviously him being a defender himself. I think originally I probably got the move on, my probably attacking play, breaking forward for Luton. But I remember when I, when I eventually signed for him and he, he said, you know what, you know what um, made me sign you? He said, it wasn't going and watch all these games that you played. He said, we played you twice last season and you kept our, our, our wingers, all our wingers, you kept them quiet um, every game. And I was really impressed by that. So, and so he probably signed me off the back of having two good games for Luton in the year we got relegated against Wolves. Um, and I, I saw that later on in my career as well, where if we played a team and there was a winger that played well or a striker or a centre-back, whatever it was, Mick would like that. And he would, he would probably judge them, you know, from the, from the sideline. Rather than watching videotapes and getting right. scouted, he'd go off his own feeling. And I saw, I saw him sign so many players, not necessarily um, on permanent deals, but maybe on loans. You know, we'd play against the wing and he's done well he'd sign him and he was he was great and I loved working for Mick I still speak to a lot of my old teammates and I don't think I don't know there's many players even if Mick was leaving you out he would tell you why and he'd be so honest with you and I think that's all you want as a player isn't it Moff? Of course honesty yeah that's the biggest thing I think which most players want even that at the time sometimes I mean depending on what the situation is, or what game it is, um, you might not, 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 not might not like the news you're hearing, but down the line, when you probably reflect, it's you know it's the best thing rather than leaving it to the last minute. And you hear some players being told like the day of a game or five minutes before kickoff why you're leaving them out. And it's, I don't think it's the right way to do things personally. No, no, and it, it was it was very much very much old school, and that's the way I liked it. And Mike Newell was the same. Like very much honest with you, Mike Noel again was four four two, and there was nothing. There was no magical tactics with either of them. You know, Mike Noel had a great dressing room with the like Nico players like that, where we could sort of run it ourselves, or you know, uh, and and Mick was the same. He had some great characters in there, and he would just let you know if, if things weren't, if you weren't doing the right things, he'd just give you that look or just give you that signal and you knew you'd have, you, you have to step it up. Was, yeah. was, was Mick McCarthy the same as Newley in the respect that, because Newley didn't like being on the field and it's Steenie to do all the training. Did Mick take the training or oh, Mick, yeah, Mick, 
Mick took the training. He had another guy, Terry Connor, excellent assistant. Um, so they used to like divvy up the day. So maybe TC would do a Monday and Mick would just assist him on the side. And then the next day, Mick would do it. Uh, but it was funny. I mean, because nowadays, obviously on a Monday, you've got your worn down days and all this sports science and all this. You don't do anything. I tell you what, Marv, like if we, if we won on this weekend, we come in on the Monday, it was all great. It was, you'd still have a training session, but it'd be possession and it'd be, um, it'd be, the emphasis would be on keeping the ball. You know, let's keep the ball. Let's play a little. If you lost on the Saturday, you come in, the emphasis was on closing down. And it was like, <laughs> if we had GPS back on back them days, it'd be like ridiculous off the charts because, you know, the, the whole weekend would judge how the train was going to go. You just think, oh, please win because Monday's going to be unbelievably hard. Sounds awesome. So left, left midfield. Um, left midfield, yeah. You probably um, have to think about who you wouldn't like to play against as well. Is this part of kind of your thinking? Um, yeah, pretty much. It's a good shout. I mean, left midfield, I mentioned him already. He doesn't get in the team, but Matt Jarvis, um, real speed speed demon. He, he actually was right-footed, um, but he'd done this thing where he, he, he could he could drag inside and whip it in with his right foot or he could take you down the line and put it in with his left. A bit like an Ashley Young. You remember when he was playing on the left yeah. wing? Unbelievable delivery. He would drop the shoulder. Uh, so you, sometimes when you play against wingers, you, you sort of think, right, I'm going to show him down the line here because he's not great on his left foot or I'm going to show him inside. With Java, it was like, he's going to do me for pace either down the line or inside. So you, you, had to get, you had to get your spacing right. If you got too close to him, he'd knock it by you. If you were too far off him, he'd shift it and cross it in. So he was a great play. He, he, he doesn't make the team, but he, he, he made me better as a defender as well because I'd be up against Java all the time in training. And it was like, we had some great battles. Um, another guy as well, really good. Um, I forgot to mention right midfield, Berko, Berkovic at Luton. Mm. You know, I didn't mention him. I was talking about Kylie. Unbelievable. Great finisher. Never struck the ball with his laces, Marv. <laughs> never, never. I don't know. I think he had dodgy ankles, but he used to, control, he used to whip everything in the top bin or the bottom bin. It was unbelievable, unbelievable, and he, he he was he was quite lazy because I used yeah. to play behind him, and I remember Nico, the boys, you'd be like, "Berkey, get back," and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah," and then he just let me sort it out, and then I give it to Berkey, and then he just bang goals in, ridiculous overhead kicks, the lot. Yeah, um, funny guy, Berkey. Um, but yeah, so it's getting back to my left midfielder, this guy, um, he played for Chelsea, um, he played for Newcastle United. Um, Black, played, start, Blackburn, Blackburn as well. Yeah, yep, at Blackburn. He got a runners-up medal in the Europa Europa League with Fulham. Um, got hundred caps for Ireland, Marv. Yeah, jinky quick. player. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah. very quick. Ridiculous. Wasn't he one of? He was one of Abramovich's first big, big buys, wasn't he? Way I back be, when. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean that seems so long ago now, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems so long ago. But um, Damien Duff. Damien Duff, Damien Duff. I mean, he was one of, when I speak about joining up with the Ireland squad, he was one of them players that I look at and be like, oh my God, yeah. Damien Duff. And it's like, wow. Mo, the quiet, the quietest guy ever. Um, really? Yeah, real quiet. Um, slept a lot. Slept a lot. Like, we did, we'd go away for two weeks and like he'd come down like for dinner and he, he's literally just woke up. I think he used to just sleep and sleep and sleep. Seriously? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how. Like, I think he used to have his own room and just 
sleep and but real professional real good attitude um fantastic person to you know i was lucky enough to play with him play behind him uh, on a few occasions and it was like give the ball to him and let him do his magic and just back him up you know fantastic player and you know to play to have 100 caps for any yeah. for anyone internationally you must be doing something right and he was he was that guy really good oh excellent excellent and central midfield let's go across to the middle central midfield um oh it was a real tough one. I had quite a long list of players here. Um, the first one that sprung to mind, although he's not got in the team, um, when I first got in the Luton team, he taught me a lot. It was great for me personally. was Kevin Nichols. Um, real, what a player. I mean, probably one of the best right foots. You know, you talk about players with great left foots. You don't really hear about people talking about players with great right foot. But Nico had a great right foot. Like corners, rarely missed a penalty get the ball out of his feet, he could put on a sixpence, you know, he must have set up, even as, as a central midfielder, he must have set up so many goals for Howie, big Steve Howard, and the likes of that, and I know he had his knee issues um, towards the end of my time at Luton, and, and probably towards the end of his time, but I think he's someone that, you know, if he kept himself fully fit, he could have played at a higher level, would you Would you agree with that, Mark? Oh, 100%, I mean, we we got him from he come from was it where did he come was it Wigan he come from Wigan yeah Wigan 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 but like and the, the the biggest compliment I can pay Kev is um, that from day one is like he he, he played like for me like he was like a, a a better player than what we were for him say that's he should have been at a high level because he used to wrap the ball in really fizz it in really firm and sharp and that's how I like the ball being passed and he he. Gave me that introduction to, to first team football, the likes of him, Chris Coy, and Steve Howard. And I was really appreciative of him for that. So, no, definitely a special mention for Nico in terms yeah. of the Luton team. Um, but the player I'm going to go for is probably a similar player to Nico, actually. I played with at Wolves. Um, he played for Wolves. Before that, he, he was a player at Stoke. Um, Played in the Premier League with Wolves. He went on and played for QPR for two or three seasons. He played in the Premier League with them. Um, after that, um, I don't know where he went after that. I think he might have gone to, to Bradford City. Bolton for a little while as well. Um, captain of Wolves. I was there. Captain of Wolves. Captain? Yeah, he was Wolves captain. Oh. English. Oh. You got it, Andrew? No, no, I was going to say Kevin Kilban. No. Cole Henry. Carl Henry, shoot, Carl yes. Henry. Carl shoot. Henry. He was um, he was a real, talk about a leader on the pitch. You know, I've spoke a little bit about quiet leaders. He was a leader on the pitch, you know, where he made sure. He was like a Mick McCarthy on the pitch playing. If you weren't doing your job, no matter how well you got on with each other, he'd let you know. Um, and he, he was... He was great for me. If I was too far off my winger, he'd let me know. If he's got, if he goes to close someone down and I'm not backing him up, he'd turn around, he'd hammer me. Um, again, we'd hammer each other, but in a good way. Um, he was your typical, you know, he'd be a holding midfield player, but actually he had a lot more to his game. And I know towards the end of his time at Wolves, uh, fans either loved him or hated him. You know, you know, they used to say he was quite negative, played the ball sideways, played the ball backwards, didn't do a lot. But you know them players, Marv, that go around and they're screening passes into the yeah. front players. The things that not every fan will see, the hard work, the ground. He used to cover so much ground in a game. 
and you, and you and he sometimes would hardly touch the ball, but you know he's just making it hard for the opposition. Um, and he was a fantastic player and really good, really good technician as well. Went on to play for QPR, played with some great players at QPR. You know, under Harry Redknapp when they signed all these all these players and um, just a, just a, probably a, quite an underrated player, I, I feel, and uh, someone I, I still speak to quite a lot. Oh, awesome, awesome. And um, who's your other central midfielder then to play alongside that? If Carl Henry was was he a bit more of a a a, a sergeant in the middle? He was. He was definitely a sergeant. He was definitely a sergeant. Um, so you gone for Flair on the other side? No, I haven't actually. Probably, probably another sergeant. Typical <laughs> defender. You know, typ- all these defenders have gone for these two sergeants, whereas all the attackers have gone. Ah, Andrew, I want to score. <laughs> I've got my two midfielders are like sergeants, and my wingers are like Duff Kiley. They just get get forward. Obviously, my my fullbacks will get forward as well. Um, but this other player, I mean, I'm probably being a bit cheeky because I didn't play that many games with him. Um, but you played with him, though. You've played with him. That's all that matters. I've, I've played with him. I've played with Listen, him a times. Matty Upson claimed that he played for Luton, and that was for one minute as a sub. <laughs> Is that all he played for? Luton, one yeah. minute. Wow. <laughs> one minute. But I speaking of subs, Marv. You know something I found out the other day, and I knew we spoke about this recently. Was yeah. when I made my debut for Luton against Wickham. No, sorry, Woking. In the LDB right. Fans Trophy 2002, um, my debut, you came on for me in my debut. I came on for you? you came on for me. How am you I not starting before you? <laughs> you little test tube. How listen, am I not I came listen, on for you. they wanted the energy, right? They wanted the energy on there. And then they wanted you to shore it up. I think oh, we were okay. winning. We were so winning. Did, could you, you mentioned that? Because you, you said you mentioned that the other day. You said, oh, I could have swore that he was in my first game, Marv, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, it, like, it was. Because actually, in your last game, didn't you were Leon? Leon, Leon, yeah. Leon. Yeah. So the game after against uh, Stevenage um, was, I think. Woking. I, was it Woking? Yeah. Woking. I, sorry. Came, on, I came on for you. No. Uh, so which game did uh, Leon? Come on for you, or you come on for Leon. Stephen, uh, Leon, I think it was Stevenish. The Stevenish that yeah. was. So the, so, so the game after that, Woking, right? Um, yeah. Or before it, I can't remember, Marv. But I just remember. Was that your last ever game? For Leon? Yeah, it was. So well, I came on for you. Uh, yeah, against Woking. Yeah, you came wow. on for me. And then yeah, uh, that, that was my last game. That was my last of the game. Yeah, so I came on for you. They started you before me. Wow. I think I, I think I was probably even cleaning your boots at that time as well, Mark. <laughs> Andrew, I used to clean his boots. He's, he had he these, these rascal Reeboks. I don't know where he got them. There was only two <laughs> players that wore these Reeboks. It was Giggsy and Marvin Johnson. <laughs> Both uh, ever presents at their clubs, respective clubs. So, yeah. so I've, I've heard. So I've heard a lot about Christmas presents and things like that that come from obviously the pros to just to make sure that the younguns have, have got something, yeah. so they don't get paid that much. Um, yeah. Was did Marv have um, long pockets and short arms, or what was he like? No, I tell you what, Marv had long pockets but long arms, longer arms. Because I tell you what, I was going to come to this actually. Marv, unbelievable, really, because the standard thing was clean someone's boots. Um, I think I cleaned Boise's as well at the time. By the way, he still owes me money. Boise, I had to chase him to his car. Marv, I had to chase Boise. I said, Boise, no. yeah, all the lads have got their bonuses and that. I was like, oh, Boise, um, yeah, he was like, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll sort it next week. <laughs> it must be February now. No, <laughs> Boise. And the, lads, uh, 
the lads are going, you got you got to follow him out to the car. So I was like, Boise. And then he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He pulled out like 30 quid or something. I was like, here's Boise. <laughs> Ty, Ty, that's typical Boise. That is Boise. But on the other hand, um, Marv got me a great present, Andrew. A great present. And I still got it to this day. He got I me can't remember what, what. I don't remember. What was it? Oh, I don't know. I'm about this, right? So clean Marv's boots. Everyone's getting like money. Marv got me this box, lovely box. Um, oh, yes. I do remember yeah, this. Lovely movie. box. And it, I'm sure it was in a Hugo Boss bag. And it was like, like that, this size. And I'm thinking, is that a watch? Surely that's not a watch. Is that a watch? Um, it turns out it was some cufflinks. A watch would have been great, but the cufflinks was fantastic. Like, it got me these Hugo Boss cufflinks. And you had a, you had a little note in there. And it said, um, you know, hopefully these come in handy for you and you will have played just as many games as I do in your career or something like that. A real great note. Mm. And I thought that was fantastic. Um, still got them. Still got the note in the box and everything, Marv. Wow. And in fact, when I moved to Florida, like just under a year ago, I found them again. And I, I saw the note. I should have took a picture. It should have done. But is it, it was a great thought. It was a great thought from Marv. So something I'll never oh, forget. Beautiful. And a really heart, a thoughtful gift. Rather, yeah, than just a, rather just being chucked 30 quid over yeah. on the car. What you had to chase after. Yeah, yeah. That was Boise, wasn't it? That was Boise. Boise all over. Boise all over. That was Boise. Um, sorry, Andrew. I'm going to get back to this other midfielder. Yes, we've got central midfielders. Sorry, central midfielders. So I've got Carl Henry sitting in there. Yep. Colonel. Um, this other guy I didn't play with many times. Um, in fact, when I when I went and played, I had a small stint in Copenhagen for six months, FC Copenhagen. And um, this guy was there. Um, he's played for... Um, obviously Copenhagen he's won the Europa League with Sevilla he played for Ajax he played for Juventus he played for Liverpool he played for a team called Evian in France he played for Schalke so he's played I think there's some sort of stat he's played at all these all these uh, European countries one of the only players to play in six or seven different European countries in top leagues by the way Um, Yara Lippmanen no no I like where your head's at though he was. Um, a, I was. I think he's a little bit too. Kev's too young for to be with Yari. Well, um, I didn't know if he was just about to retire. He was Danish. He was Danish. Um, he's probably about forty years old now. Maybe a little bit older. He was. He was. Yeah, played central midfield. Obviously, he had a famous spell at Liverpool. Roy Hodgson signed him, but it didn't really work for him. You know, he got a lot of stick. But played for Liverpool. Don't know if you'll know him. <laughs> Oh, you're, well, you, I, I haven't got him, but once you say his name, I, it will come back to me. Hopefully you'll get him. Christian Poulsen, his name is. Yes, Christian yes. Poulsen. Christian very good long, player. Long Very good player. player. Honestly. I think Roy Hodgson had him at Copenhagen years and years ago. Very Obviously, when he good did a good job. Um, again, all them teams that I've said that he's played for, and I, I went to, obviously went to Copenhagen, and it was sort of probably going to be the last of his, last year of his footballing career. And um, he was, and I was only there six months, but I could see that he was like probably the most professional footballer in terms of attitude, work ethic um, I'd ever come across. Just his desire to want to train hard, work hard every day, um, ridiculous. Um, and you could see he played centre half in a few of the games that I played, and uh, just a fantastic, real, real fantastic player. Known for his again, a bit like Carl Henry would screen the back four. Um, just, just a great and a great person as well. 
But then on a night out, it was a completely different character. <laughs> completely different character. <laughs> so we went pre-season. So I'm thinking, this guy's an ultra, ultra professional in the training ground on the pitch. And that went pre-season. Obviously, as you do, let's go down to the bar after training, have a few drinks. Got down there and I'm thinking, I don't know who's going to be drinking here. You know, it's very European. He's the first one there sitting on his high stool. He's got like a glass of wine, a beer and a fag. And, <laughs> and he never used to spit. And he's like, Foley, come here. And he got me a drink. And I was like, is this your twin? Like, who is this? He's like, so I thought it's good. You can be that professional, but then obviously have downtime yeah. as well. You know, Christian so was, I, remember, I remember. I remember the name. Definitely, I remember. Yeah. I remember the player. Good player. There was, there was actually another player as well. There, we've got to give a mention. He plays for Borussia Dortmund now. Thomas Delaney, um, <sighs> the international. Very really good, good player. Marv, he was there. Really, was he? Was he there then? He there. When, I, when I got there, he was there. And um, talk about attitude and like work rate again. He was like a. Is he Swiss? No, he's Danish. Was he Danish as well? Yeah. Delaney. I remember. I know Delaney. Who you're about? The midfielder, dark hair. Yeah, dark hair. Re- really yeah. good place. Signed for a good club, uh, a German club, and then he went to Borussia Dortmund again for about fifteen mil. Good players. There were some good players at the club when I was there at that time. Mm. Great players. Great players. So moving on to strikers, the business end. Yeah, strikers. The big bus where, where they where they get the big money. Yeah, it is. So, so they say, I mean, I heard uh, Graham Alexander talking about his time as a manager now and saying, is it true? That's where all the money goes. And he was like, yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. We fullbacks, little fullbacks, especially a right back probably gets paid the least, you know, because there's not that many left footers, you know, you can, you can spend a little bit of money, but a right back, you know, whatever, let him just do a job there. But yeah, strikers, where the money's at. Um, yeah. I had, I had obviously played with a, a lot of very good strikers. Um, when I first got in the Luton team, Steve Howard, you know, he used to give me an earful every game. If I didn't put on his head, then he'd, he'd absolutely hammer me. And I'd be like, I said, some, I'm thinking sometimes, Howie, you can you can move around in the box, you know, trying to get me up himself. You know, it's, if it's like one foot over him, he's screaming at me. And I'm like, but it, again, it put me under pressure, like pressure that I needed to yeah. put, put it on his head. Um, Gary McSheffrey came he had a great stint there Rowan Vine workhorse played really well um, but if I if I, my, my first the first striker I'm going to put in um, he started his career at Man United um, in the youth team uh, went on and signed for Plymouth Plymouth Argyle bang goals in there for Ian Holloway before signing for Wolverhampton Wanderers um, six months after I got there um, unfortunately for him you know, injury cut short his career. You know, he sort of fizzled out, but he was a real strong player. Sometimes you'd look at him and you'd think, he looks a bit overweight, but it was just, he was so powerful. So powerful. You Back to goal, he was great. You put it over the top, he was great. Finish, no back lift. Um, he was a big I can't think of his name. I can see him. I can see his face. Double barrel, double barrel surname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Double barrel. Sylvan. Yeah, that's the yes, one. that's it. Sylvan, he, he, I can't even say his name properly. I only know because I lived down in West Country for a while. He, he, he bans Blake. Sylvan Blake. Blake. Yeah, yep. probably one of my best mates in football. I still speak to him a lot. Um, absolutely fantastic player. Again, like, so driven. Um, 
I used to argue all the time on a pitch with him, me and him, you know, it, like how he, you know, if I, if, if I didn't give the ball right to his feet, he'd give me this look, I'd give him this look. Remember there was one game at Palace away, you know, I'm thinking he's a lazy so-and-so. He's hammering, hammering me for not, we're just bickering at each other this whole game. And, and their players are going, you two need to calm down. And we're like, nah, he's, I'm not having it. And he's like going, I'm not having it. But he demanded a lot. And um, he come, I think he, the, the, the season I went to Wolves in that summer, um, we were probably struggling, struggling for goals a little bit. And then we signed two players in January. One was Dave Edwards, actually, from Luton. Oh, yeah. Um, who I'd been with for pre-season at Luton. Great player, scored some great goals. Uh, and the other was Sylvan. And Sylvan had, had scored probably about 12 or 13, 14 goals for Plymouth in a struggling Plymouth side. Come to us and just carried on banging goals. Got, got top goal scorer that season. The next season, you know, the season we won the league, he again scored about 25, 26 goals. Um, what a fantastic player. Fantastic player. Great, great person. Great in the air as well. Um, just all round. One of the hardest shots I've seen. You know them players, Marv, that they don't need a lot of backlift. It'll backlift, just a yeah. Snapshot, a snapshot and it's in. Snapshot. Yeah. Um, and he had that left and right foot. Did he, really, did he go anywhere after Wolves? Anywhere, I mean... I'll tell you what happened, Marv. Um, we, we in, it's mad, really, because we, me and him got similar injuries. Like I, I had to have surgery on my ankle and then two years later, he had surgery and he fizzled out probably a little bit like me really as well. And I knew exactly what he was going through. Um, and he was literally on the brink. We Wolves were in the championship. He was still banging goals in. Dean Saunders was the manager at the time. And um, we played Birmingham away. He scored, he scored two goals and there was about 10 minutes to go and he got smashed, unfortunately. Broke his ankle. And he was literally, the week before, I think he was going to go, go and move to... Hull, who were in the Premier League for like a mil or two million pounds, even though his contract was up. But yeah, that leaves me with um, one place one left. player left. One player left, and and this player I've probably got to say is the best player I've played with. Best player I've played with, Marv. Um, played with a lot of clubs. You know, I'll I'll name some some clubs you might not remember, but Inter Milan played for played for Leeds United, Celtic. Uh, I know Andrew's got it. Played for Wolves, played <laughs> his career at Wolves. Marv, come on. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Finished at LA Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the one and only Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane, Robbie yeah, Keane, yeah. Um, talk about players being on a different wavelength. Um, when, when I first joined up with the Island squad, it was him and Damien Duff. It was like in, in games, you know, you'd have these mini seven-a-side matches. They'd be playing one or two touch round players. Ridiculous. There'll be overs, there'll be dummies, he'd be jacks in it. Um, just unbelievable. And again, not lightning fast, but in his head, two yards and he was gone. His movement was ridiculous. Best finisher I've seen. Used to do used to do these training sessions, like I said earlier, with Shay Given, zinging it out to him edge of the box. Everything was a side foot finish, nothing was laces, bang in the corner every time. Um, you know, what a guy like. Unbelievable career internationally, played 146 games, scored 68 goals for Ireland. Um, just fantastic. And, and a great, a great person to have in a team. Talk about getting lads together, you know, whether it's a night out or, you know, getting you up for a match or anything like that. Training, he was a winner. And, um, you know, just a fantastic player. He went to Inter Milan young as well, didn't he? Really he did. He went, he went, I think he, he went to Wolves to Coventry. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And then from Coventry, they signed him for, what, I don't know if it was six million or something back then. I don't think he spent long over there. No. Came back, came back to Leeds. Obviously, Spurs, Liverpool, Celtic. LA Galaxy. He played like, yeah. I think he, well over 100 games LA Galaxy. Scored near, nearly 100 goals. Um, Excellent, so, bro. Yeah, wonderful, bro. Yeah. Wonderful. Great, uh, great finisher. And it's so much energy. I mean, it's like, and it's one of them ones where you're on the field, and, and not only that, he could, you have the skill to back it up, but you know what I mean? He could dribble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, could dribble. Um, he was like, he was conniving as well. Is he the one that scored the goal where the goalie drops it? And I he think runs he might around be. him. I think he runs around <sighs> him. But he was like that. He was always like, looking, yeah. what can I do? Who can I knock it out of his hand? Yeah. Like, sneak up to this defender. And it was the same in training. Um, like, unbelievable. He's one of those annoying players, yeah, you're right, who just, he's always, he's a, not a niggler maliciously, he's just a niggler. He's always there. He's always, he's on, always. he's always on his front, front feet. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, I mean, he come back, he played for Villa at the time. We played against, for Wolves against Villa in the Prem. And he, um, he come and scored two unbelievable goals against Wolves. And obviously that was it. That, that was his original club when he moved to England. And he didn't celebrate, but I'm just thinking you, you know, you so-and-so like just killed us. End up getting us relegated. Obviously, a lot more happened after that. But yeah, he was a fantastic player. player. Top, excellent, top player. excellent. So that is your best eleven players. You've mentioned uh, Randa, you've mentioned a few managers along the way. So which manager would you um, think have the the guile to manage this eleven you've just picked? Oh, um, I think you know there's there's only one manager really for me. Um, and that's Mick McCarthy, just based on the way he was, you know, he, he didn't complicate things, um, didn't, you know, you know, tactics. It wasn't all about, ta- it was more, if you're not doing the business, you're not going to play. And everyone's, everyone was, was kept honest by that. And um, if you didn't do it, no matter how big a name you were, you know, Mick signed a lot of players for like big money. And a lot of them just failed or couldn't handle it. Because Mick, whether he signed you for 25 grand, like I said about Michael Kitely, or six million pounds, you know, if you don't do it, he's not just going to stick with you because you're a six million pound player. He's going to play the guy from the youth team or whatever. Yeah. So everyone, everyone got a fair shot with Mick and it was a fresh start every season. I don't care what you've done last season. You need to do it at the start of this season or else you're not playing. No, that's great. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's fantastic to hear that because, um, like you said, I think everyone, I mean, there's nothing better than than that when you you know that everyone's on an evil kill regardless of what they've cost, you know? Yeah. Um, where, is, um, where is he these days? Uh, I know he left you, Ipswich a while ago. He, Ipswich. And I actually signed for Ipswich for six months um, towards the end of my career. Again, he was the exact same there. And he, let's, he, he got, he had a, a really average Ipswich squad with probably the lowest budget, one of the lowest budgets in the championship, consistently finished in the playoffs or just outside every year. As soon as he left, they got relegated, which wasn't a surprise. But, but Mick, Mike Newell as well was another one that I really, um, really enjoyed working under. He obviously gave me my first real opportunity. My son's just come in the room. Um, he gave me my first opportunity and I was really grateful to him for that. Again, didn't complicate things. Yep. Um, just, just wanted you to go out and play and would just always just try and pick the best, best 11 players and, and that was it. Ah, awesome. 
So um, just to finish off, Miles, um, I think Miles' batteries died. Um, he's jumped off for a second. Um, Do you know what? It's me waffling on. Absolutely. Ah, waffling on. All good. All good. I'll see if I he's just ringing now. Hold on a sec. Get him on the line. Hello, Marv. How are you? I'm fine. Marv. No, he's not there. Hello, I can hear you. Fine, isn't it? Hello, Marv. Marv. Just about. Yeah, I can tell hear him, you. Tell him, it, tell him it's a it's a club fine. No, his internet must be dodgy. I can't hear you, Marv. No, no. So, I'll finish off the interview. <laughs> so, the last question we always like to ask is, because we've got so many um, Luton fans um, who do jump on here, and we always like to ask a question. What would you say is your most your favourite Luton game you've ever played in or been a part of? Oh, man, what a question. Favourite Luton game. Wow. Um, that is an number. I've got so many. I've got so many. But you got to pick one. Yeah, the one that stands out. It's got to be when we played Liverpool at home um, and we lost 5-3. They were the reigning European Champions League champions. Yeah. Marv's calling me now, look. Oh, there you go. Shall I pick it up? You can pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Marv, Marv, that's a fine, by the way. What? That's a fine. What's a fine? You, your battery ran out. (laughs) Like, your YouTube face is thrown to the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Never mind. No, it's all right. Andrew, Andrew's just asking me who um, my, my, my favourite... What was it? Most memorable what game? Your, best, your most memorable Luton game you ever played in. Yeah, it was... Nah, Marv, listen, you're still, you're still in on it. Um, but to answer the question, it was, yeah, Liverpool. Marv, do you remember when we lost to Liverpool 5-3? Yeah. Oh, man. It was... Uh, again, it was one of them surreal moments. Like, it was my first time probably playing against a Premier League team in the tunnel with Steven Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, Gibral Cisse, Jabby Alonso. Um, and I was just a little bit in awe. And then before you know it, we're 3-1 up. Nico scored a penalty. Robbo, Steve Robinson's one of the best touches and finishes I've ever seen, by the way. He spun, spun Jamie Carragher into next week. Someone's played it into his feet. One touch round him, bottom bin. Um, I think Steve Howie's ran round the goalie. And he got taken out and Nico scored the penalty. Yeah, Nico, Nico, I think Viney might have got taken out. Was it Viney? Viney? I thought well, I thought it was Howie. No. Yeah. But Steve, Steve Howie did take it round the goalie as well and banged it in the net. So we're, we're three one up against European champions. And then I think we just ran out of steam. Ran out of steam. Um, before you know it, I think Cinema Pongo, he's out jumped me in the box, which I was devastated at. He scored a header. Um, and one of my biggest memories from that game is. Obviously, Marlon Beresford's gone up for a corner. It's the last, the last minute of the game. I think it's it's we're four three down. I think it's even gone over the time. Yep. And I've said to the ref how long, and he's gone. That's it. So I don't know what Marlon. Marlon's tried this pathetic challenge on the edge of the box. The ball's broke out. He's he's put in this terrible challenge, right? And then before you know it, Gerard and Alonso are breaking forward, and it's just me back. And Alonso obviously hit the hit the shot from um, his own half. And I remember I had no energy. And I remember thinking, oh, can I make it? Can I make it? And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it. Plus, the referee said it's over about 30 seconds ago when we had the, the corner. And um, I end up running back and the ball trickles into the net. And obviously, everyone remembers that Alonso goal from the halfway line. But what a game. That was a magical game for me. Imagine Whose idea was it for Marlon to go up there? Um, I don't know. 
<laughs> probably his. Probably his. I mean, he's dreaming of FA Cup glory to bring it back to 4-4. But honestly, if you watch it back, something happens on the edge of the box and he's so stiff. Can't even lift his, uh, lift his knee up past his hip to put a challenge in. And, uh, and, and that, that's it. That's it. But there was one other game as well, Andrew, that I wanted to mention when, when Burko scored, um, was it a header or overhead kick? Kenilworth Road, was it Hull City? He scored the header at the back post against Hull, yeah. You're on yeah, mute, half. Honestly, the, 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 roof, the roof sounded like it was going to come off the stadium. It was yeah. so loud. Because they were like, they were them and Tranmere and us were going for the league that season and absolutely ridiculous. Loved that game. Some, some, great, some great memories, honestly. Some great... Some of the best atmosphere at Luton. People, when I when I tell Luton people, my, my friends and my, my teammates about what it was like playing for Luton, Kenilworth Road, ten thousand fans. You know, the, the fans can touch you on the sideline. I loved it, absolutely loved it, and um, really, really, really enjoyed them days. It's beautiful as well for a throw-in. You must love it. The fact the fans throw you the ball back nicely, but you watch the opposition fullbacks; they just pelt it at them. It's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Even Although, the people in the boxes, even the even the rich people in the boxes lob it back at them. <laughs> of course they do. Of course they do. It's ridiculous. Although although the year we did get relegated from the uh, championship, it wasn't always nice coming back to me nicely from the looting funds either. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get it out there. Oh, I'm trying. But yeah, great. Excellent. So um, we've, we've touched on it a little bit. You're in America now, just yeah. um, to let a few people know, William what you're at now, um, how you're doing and everything football-wise. What what, what what you been doing now, Kev? Yeah, so um, my, an old teammate of mine, Neil Collins, uh, played with at Wolves. He um, he finished his career out here, actually, for the Tampa Bay Rowdies as a player. And then he transitioned into being their coach about two and a half years ago. Always kept in touch. And he sort of rang me. wouldn't say out of the blue, but we'd been talking he just offered me a job literally about this time last year. Would I want to come out and coach? He knew I'd been doing coaching at Wolves in the academy, that I'd had my A licence, um, coaching qualifications, and obviously spoke to my missus. And we flew out here literally a week later. And then before you know, we found a house, we found a school, um, signed a contract and moved out like last January. And it, it was a bit of a whirlwind, but... You know, it was, it was a great opportunity to, to be involved in a, in a professional side, first team. You know, no disrespect to being in youth team and academies, but first team's where it's at for me. And I just thought, what a place to go and learn and go and develop. And um, been here ever since. And we've actually just come off the end of a really good season. We won the, uh, won the Eastern Conference. It's the USL. It's, so it's one league below the MLS. We won the Eastern Conference. We beat Louisville in the final. And then we were due to play Phoenix Rising, a team that did their drop was part of a few years ago. Still is, I believe, uh, in, in, in the back room. And um, we were due to play Phoenix Rising. And then a lot of me included and the, the head coach and a few of the players got struck down with COVID literally four or five days before the final. And yeah. um, it was a nightmare. And then we had to get tested. And then the whole squad got tested and then ends up 10 or 12 players have got it. And um, it was just so unfortunate because we'd spent all season testing once a week, every week. We'd only had one player get COVID right at the start. Then all of a sudden we travelled to Louisville, which was like connecting flights, stay there for three days, come back, connecting flights, started feeling ill. And then, yeah, unfortunately they cancelled the final and they, they couldn't rearrange it because they just don't know how long people are going to keep 
catching it from the yeah. team, you know, because you need at least two weeks, then you've got to train and get fit again. And it just wasn't going to happen. So in the end, we just had to settle for winning the Eastern Conference. But, you know, I really enjoyed it. A great, a great introduction for my first year in coaching. And what's the plan? Is it, is it are you here for the foreseeable future, like staying for next season and stuff like that? Yeah, I've got I've got another year's contract um, at the moment. Obviously, um, looking forward to going again. I think the season might be a little bit delayed next year. Normally, it starts in March, but I think it might be back to April or May because of the COVID. But um, yeah, looking to come back to England, Luton uh, for for a month or so, middle of December to middle of January. So really looking forward to coming back and catching up with my family because a lot of them and my missus family, they were due to come out here, but with the restrictions that didn't happen. Obviously I've got three kids as well and the, the grand, the grandmums and the granddads are missing them. So it'd be great to go back and uh, see them. Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kevin Foley. Um, it was great to hear from you and great to hear some of those stories. Um, and we, is there any messages you want to pass on to um, any fans of any clubs you've ever played for? Um, I suppose the Luton fans really just, um, just, I know they've been through, you know, a hell of a roller coaster the last 10, 15 years, haven't they? And, and, um, just, it's great to see them back in the championship and doing so well again, um, getting the results, obviously Nathan Jones left and now he's back again. Who would have saw that coming? Eh? You know, the way, the way he left and the way he comes back and, you know, he, he, he comes back as if he's never been away and, great to see someone like Mick Harford still still involved as well um, but yeah just to the fans who who again I remember obviously living up in the Midlands and looking at the local paper and Luton are going to play Tamworth no disrespect to Tamworth but you think how did that happen in the, in the conference and it was tough to get out of but Luton fans stuck by it thick and thin through thick and thin and um, just great great to see them back in the championship just unfortunate for them not to be able to be in the ground but hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Excellent. Definitely. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time. And um, that was was Kevin Foley's My Best 11. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best 11 Pod and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Best 11 Pod. Email mybest11pod at gmail.com.